Goats, and welcome back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common, and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other, so we will take our movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier, and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the laconic oldest child to my beige lunatic. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. How you doing? Glad to be here. <laughs> You're being laconic, I can see it. <laughs> I'm trying it out. It's, it's fine. Not necessarily a good attribute for a podcast. <laughs> no, that's my first thought. I was just thinking, saying scouts off the top. Do we have a collective noun for garbage listeners? I don't know that we do, other than listeners. And the only thing yeah. I can come up with is garbage people. So I don't think that's very good. <laughs> I don't think we'll be moving forward with garbage people. No. <laughs> Garties? <laughs> That's cute. I like that. Let's let's go with Garties. It sounds like an award that you get for like community engagement. Yeah. <laughs> At a mid-level financial organization of some kind. Yes. The Garty for highest sales portfolio goes to <laughs> Exactly. Chad Businessman. And today is our Valentine's episode. Aww. Possibly one of two Valentine's episodes. We'll Aww. see. Stop worrying about the future. Live in the present. This week we were talking about Moonrise Kingdom from 2012. What kind of bird are you? I'm a raven. What's your name? Sam, what's yours? I'm Susie. Dear Susie, here's my plan. Dear Sam, my answer is yes. Dear Susie, one. Dear Sam, where? Dear Susie. Walk 400 yards due north from your house to the dirt path which has not got any name on it. Turn right and follow to the end. I will meet you in the meadow. Who's missing? Shukuski, you in there? Jiminy Cricket, from the court. About children who act like adults, kind of. <laughs> and adults who act like children, more like. Wow. Wow. Commentary. Incisive. <laughs> Has Had you seen any Wes Andersons before this? This was my first one I saw. Aww. And I don't know how that worked out exactly, because I feel like he was, yeah. like, if nothing else, Fantastic Mr. Fox came out before this one. Yeah. So that's the, like, the big entry point for a lot of people, I feel like. Yeah, okay. Who's going to watch a movie where George Clooney's a fox? Come on. George Clooney's always a fox. Oh, that's a good the point. Thing. <laughs> hey oh. Good counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I love this is a this is a great one to start with. I, I like that yeah. very much. It's a it's like it, you know perfectly straightforward enough. Mm. It's not it's stylistic enough to be like, oh, you get a sense of like the person and this is just a fun, like interesting film to watch. It's it's engaging in that yeah. way where you're like never quite sure what they're gonna do with it next and i feel like the style like we'll i uh, we'll talk about style in a bit but i feel like the style of it isn't as distracting as it can be in other wes anderson things whereas it's more like it's a fulsome presentation here versus like isn't it crazy that this is being presented in this way yeah kind of yeah it's possible 
I do I do get the sense that this is more like this is a presentation, but it's it's so cohesive end to end in that way where there's no like spikes of whoa that was like a stylistic choice. It's it's all a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel the dumbest thing I've ever said on this podcast. It's like all a choice. What goes on screen? It's one big choice. That's what uh, films are. (laughs) Not little tiny choices all over the place. Yeah, one big choice. Thank you for digging me out of that hole. No, yeah, no problem. Uh, The choice hole. But let's say you don't know what Moonrise Kingdom is and you're never going to watch it. Let me tell you a little bit about it. (laughs) Why are you Uh, listening to this podcast? Because (laughs) they just love the the repartee. The the two of us garbage people standing. Standing, that's right. We (laughs) We stand fully erect at all times. (laughs) Uh, Peek behind the curtain there. Yep. It's erect back there. It's September 1965, and a storm is three days away from the New England coast of uh, Made Up Island, uh, New Penzance Island. I really like this. Uh, I, I like any flash, sort of a flashback in the sense of mm, like, and yeah. the storm will hit in three days. Here's yeah. what happened in the meantime. You got like a countdown to disaster. Yeah, kind of. I love that. Builds in the suspense that otherwise wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Uh we're at an island camp where a khaki scout's gone missing. He's Sam. He's 12. He's a bespeckled misfit. Uh, and he's an orphan. Uh, Is he bespeckled or bespectacled? That's what I meant to say. Bespectacled. <laughs> I guess he might be bespeckled. He's got a few freckles. Acne, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Ward, his by-the-book scoutmaster, organizes a search party with the local police, who is the one-man Captain Sharp. Uh, and we quickly learn that Sam is running away with his pen pal Susie, the laconic oldest child. I mentioned that before. Thank you. In an unhappy household of lawyers. As Sam and Susie sort through their own issues, they stay a step ahead of the searchers while the storm gets closer. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's uh, that's the setup for our movie, and adventure ensues. Adventure? But you're having a time today. We've gone to every two weeks, and it's just I forget how to talk between <laughs> each episode. I got I got like a a mouth setup. Let me start again. I got no i think that's clear you got a mess in it <laughs> and i won't be elaborating further i got invisalign <laughs> but go. they do it different where it's like half braces half invisalign since we last recorded and i really thought i would be the one making up words and replacing vowels in this episode no no <laughs> that's my that's generally my brand though i feel like that's fair yeah, yeah. i wouldn't take that away from you yeah speaking of brands this is very recognizably a Wes Anderson movie. Yes, it is. <laughs> like that segue? That's that was one. pretty good. Uh, directed by he and written by he and Roman Coppola, the son of oh. the famous winemaker, Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula lover and winemaker. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good combo, actually. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Feels right. Yeah, so this, like I said, this is my first Wes Anderson. Was this mm. your, where did this fall? Had you no. seen any of his stuff? Yeah, I'd seen stuff before. I saw um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, as mentioned. Um, I think that honestly might have been my first one. Yeah, I, I feel like, like, oh, this is cute. I don't get it. <laughs> but I was very, like, I, I didn't really have a sense. Of, if something was not a fully linear end-to-end, no surprises thing, I was like, oh, this is different you know yeah i wasn't really equipped to absorb it all that well yeah we would have seen like we're in the demographic where that would have been our entry point because we would have been like teens yeah right so like able to seek out your own movies yes your boundaries are expanding yes you're experimenting with new movies yeah (laughs) animated ones about foxes (laughs) but i'd also seen um darjeeling limited is that the the name of it yeah that's just the name of the darjeeling yes yeah 
Yes, that one. And I was, I remember a bit more of that one because I was like, oh, these characters are like so fun and it really feels like it's building towards something and then it is, but not in the way that you expect. And mm. so it was, again, at the time I was like, oh, that was kind of a letdown. But not really. And then I go back to it later. I'm like, oh man, that's great. The it's thing... almost great that there is a letdown because, you know. Yeah. And I like that as the example because that's the, like there is... So much, let's get into it now because I'm just going to be like, let's, let's talk about Larry. Uh, there's always discourse around him. Like, there's so many strong opinions around his <laughs> yeah, style I and stuff. Yeah, really don't get it. Yeah. Uh, and we're on the same page on this, I think, where it's just like, I don't know, he just makes movies. What's your fucking yeah, deal? Yeah, God forbid someone have, like, a style. <laughs> yeah. But everyone, the, the discourse is always like, oh, it's so froofy and, like, so light and it's not, but like. Not the, substantial. Darjeeling Limited is the big example in my mind. And this one's, like, mm. almost there, but it's still a little innocent naive where it's like here's our style it looks so nice and cute and and this intensely manicured presentation but everybody in it it's just so mean to all of its characters all of (laughs) the characters are mean everybody's stupid the entire point of the movie is you're making fun of these people like (laughs) it's got such a mean streak in it that i don't think gets talked about as much it does yeah i feel like when you think about wes anderson it's easy to be like oh the the you know sharpest emotion you're gonna feel is like wistful yeah you know (laughs) And she's very, like, mm, delicate. And yeah. yeah, not this one. This is a bunch of people who suck and who can't even, like, stop caring about themselves for long enough to hate each other. Yeah. They're just annoyed by each other and just, like, a very, yeah. Like, it's just poking fun at New England lifestyle, I feel like. Because, like, the kids are off limits, kind of. They're just, they're <laughs> kind of right. They're our center protagonists, and of sure. course, that's the thing. But, like, every adult is some kind of dummy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Pretty clear. Ward is a loser. Uh, Sharp is just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like, and when she admits. Yep. She's like, I'm not very bright. Social services is a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just every faulted character that is presented in a nice little package. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's never cartoonish over the top where it's like, I don't have to take this character seriously. Like, you're genuinely... But it's close. Yeah, it's, like. it's almost yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the key to this one is that you are experiencing the movie through the kids mm. and not through those adults where it could be this very arm's length thing of like, you know, you might have grown up to be an adult like this mm. or you might know someone like this. It's it's the kids being like, why don't these adults just like understand? So there's still that sort of, you know, positive, hopeful thing where they're really fighting against becoming a shitty adult. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and there's that. You don't get like a ton of exploration of anything of anybody's background other than the no, kids. No, not really? really. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like this is just what the kids notice. And as an adult, you can be like, oh, I know exactly who this person is. But yes. you just get those surface level details that kind of... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like there's no, there's no clarity on, you know how Bruce Willis came to be, like, the only cop on the island, or... The affair that he's having with uh, Susie's mom. I remembered, like, it's been a while since we watched this, uh, since I saw it for the first time, but I remembered seeing this initially and being like, wow, that affair was such a big part of it. It's like two conversations. It's nothing. (laughs) It's just, like, Susie... They're they're all just feeding into Susie's disaffectation, you know? Just her being like, I'm never going to be like that. So it is, it is surface level in that way where you don't have to know about a, lo- a lot about it. Yeah. Because it's just fodder for the kid's development. Yeah, know? yes. So the richness is yeah. there in, in that kid, and or those kids and their relationship. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's talk about who's in this movie then. Let's sure do. there's a bunch of people and I they're all great. I said one name. Yep. 
Uh, let's start out. We got a uh, uh, known social media user, Jared Gilman, is in there. <laughs> He's great. Shout out, Ger- Jared Gilman. Twitter hero. Yep. Uh, just a few things that I enjoy. He was post. He always just posts about Moonrise Kingdom every once in a while. You need people ask him lots of questions, and apparently, according to Gilman, so so the majority of Wes Anderson's movies are rated R, mostly just for language, because there's oh, lots sure. of swears in them. Yeah. Um, notable exceptions like Mr. Fox and Isla Dogs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. um, but according to Gilman, this movie was going to be rated R because of the only reason, the thing that was pushing it over, was because Sam smokes. Oh, really? Yeah. And they had to, uh, okay. like, appeal the decision, and it was just kind of like, Sam's, yeah, okay, PG-13. Okay. Like, are are you serious? Yeah. I assume was the sum total of their argument? Yeah, are I'm you, sure. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and the other thing that's so cute here, so uh, Kara Hayward plays um, Susie, and Gilman and Hayward kissing, the first kiss that they have, their first kissing scene, there was no rehearsal for it. They mm. wanted it to be kind of spontaneous and all that. Sure. That was Jared Gilman's first kiss. Aww. Yeah, so I love when that happens. It must be so weird later, but like, yes, that's very precious. Yep. The whole world. Yeah, right? Oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know that I could, he's, he's a stronger person than I am. I don't know that I could, uh... <laughs> Continue living. Well, he's terminally online, so uh, that's... It clearly had an effect, sure. <laughs> yeah. straight line between them. As somebody who's terminally online, I say this. Would you have wanted your first kiss to be recorded? Well, I'll tell you when I have it. I haven't had my first kiss yet, so... <laughs> this is so awkward. <laughs> I'm digging at a real sore spot for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I wouldn't want a first of mine in anything to be I mean, right, yeah. Because that just seems... you're not going to do it good. But that's part of the charm here of, like... No, I mean, totally. Yeah. yeah. So it play, the metatextualness of it plays very well, I feel like. Delightful, yeah. I just think it's so cute. Uh, as mentioned, you got Kara Hayward. And to me, she might be the funniest person in this movie. She... <laughs> Her line deliveries just crack me up. She is just so perfectly cast and, uh. She's very, like, I'm speaking carefully in order to not be screaming at all times. Just, like, a very <laughs> tightly controlled So delivery. prepared with yeah. every word and trying to seem older than she is yes, in the way that yeah. she's talking. And I know that's partially how it's written, but uh, in the audition process, because this was, you know, the whole thing hangs on these two kids. It took them forever to find these two kids. I bet. But, like... Uh, Jared Gilman was much more of a like, okay, well, we're looking at this and this and this, and eventually Jared wins out. But Kara Hayward was like the only person that they were considering for the majority of it because Anderson was saying he was, she was the only performer that felt like she wasn't trying to act. It was just, oh, this is just what she's like. Right. Just, just such like, ah, yes, perfect. That's the move. And going into that, she did all of her own makeup, which is great. Oh, nice. Just little stuff. And I wanted to I find the that. name of the kitten, but she kept the kitten. That was her kitten oh, afterward. that's good. Yeah. And a good home. I always wonder, like, did they go through, fi- not go through, but like, did they have to, you know, kittens grow very fast. Yeah. Did it, was... it outgrow its little basket? No, it's just the one. One kitty. That's delightful. Yeah, it is. You form a solid bond with that cat. Because <laughs> this was a real, like, we're filming over the summer. It's a summer camp yeah. kind of movie. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of great, Bruce Willis is here. <laughs> My favorite kind of Bruce Willis is against type Bruce Willis. So you got yeah. like this and Death Becomes Her are the two major things in my mind. Sure, yeah. <laughs> where like so much of the comedy of his character in this works because the, the again, metatextualness, you know, we all know who Bruce Willis is, what he's supposed to be doing yes. and that he's just kind of a dumb guy. 
<laughs> a dumb, ineffectual guy. Yeah, yeah. but who, who means very well. To oh, totally, yeah. He just doesn't really have the tools to do things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. It's great. He's got a certain, like, I don't know, maybe it's just so much nicer, funner, I don't know, to, to play these kinds of guys mm. for him, but he's got a certain, like, just a real, I don't know, I... I like his acting much more when he's doing these kinds of characters than than when he's like you know Die Hard and things are are classic movies and mm-hmm. he's great in them, but it just it's so much more interesting to watch him in these. Yeah, I find he he looks like he's having more fun. I don't know if that's the case or not. Yeah, I don't know either because it is he is still playing the same characters pretty much, just saying different things, <laughs> and that's you know that's why it's so much fun. But. I'd be curious, like, uh, I, yeah, I couldn't find much about what he, he's famously a private guy when it comes to stuff, and now we know why with recent news. Yes. But, yeah, I wonder how he felt on set. There's a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes video of stuff going on, yeah. and he's clearly, like, chumming around and joking with people, but he's definitely, like, the most pulled back of everybody. Mm. He's, like, the least involved. Okay. So it is, yeah, it's just interesting. Just showing up, doing a fun little thing for him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, speaking of great, Ed Norton's there. Being a real nerd, the sight of him in his short shorts with his knee-high oh socks God. is always funny to me. There are so many people wearing knee-high socks yeah. in this movie. It's really astonishing. <laughs> Ed Norton is consistently great. I don't think I've ever disliked him in anything. Yeah. And I'm including the Ang Lee Hulk in that. Oh, yeah. Um, no, wait, he wasn't Ang Lee Hulk. He was a different Hulk. Was he? Yeah. Ang Lee Hulk was the... Uh, I'm going to look this up. Much earlier one, much maligned, whereas the Ed Norton one is medium maligned, I feel like. <laughs> the Hulk scale of <laughs> extremely to mildly maligned. No, no, it has... Uh... Okay. Oh, no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Yes. You're right. And it's recorded for posterity. <laughs> Nick was right. <laughs> yeah, because Ang Lee was like 2003 or something. Okay, mm, yes. yes. Before the glut of... Uh... I feel like I definitely saw it. Can't recall who would have been in it, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, oh, I saw it too. I can't pull it from memory, though. Right. Oh, he's right there That's on the edge good. of my brain. An Edward Norton type? Eric Bana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we were we were all over Eric Bana. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Anyway, Ed Norton. This is not Eric Bana time. This is Ed Norton Get time. Get out of here, Eric Bana. Wrong Hulk. <laughs> yes, he's very funny. I feel like he's just, he's giving the most like earnestness of anyone in the movie yes i feel that very much and the, i was saying summer camp style yes. shooting he was like and this is on your criterion uh blu-ray if you have it oh. uh he shot like what he called home vo- home videos of like between shots and stuff of him like goofing around with the kids oh and cute he, yeah just it it's very like much cool has that all the characters were just they were being their characters out of that. Like he was the yeah. guy ra- rallying all the kids. and Oh, that's so precious. Yeah. I, it really does feel like, uh, I don't know if, you know, they actually filmed on an island or no? Some of it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know if, it, like, you know when you go away, yeah, you go for summer camp or you go to do like a program over the summer and there's just this bubble of like mm-hmm. suddenly that's the real world and nothing else is the real world. Yeah, when they were on location, it was like, okay, we've done all the set shooting. Now let's move out on location and we stay there until it's done shooting. So sure, yeah. They all lived in a house together and Yeah, all that this stuff. very like this is what the world is now. Yeah. That that seems like <laughs> Yeah. A fun time. A cute and fun time. Uh, speaking of a cute and fun time, you got the married couple of Bill Murray and Frances McDormand. <laughs> uh, the thing that I like, of course, Bill Murray's gonna improvise a ton of stuff. The one that I was surprised to learn 
uh, when he throws his shoe at Ed Norton. That was improvised. There's, <laughs> That's great. They use it in so much of the behind-the-scenes stuff. He hits the editor, I think, oh, who's no. on set, because no one's expecting him to throw a shoe. Sure. Um, in the famous lines of Mike Myers, who throws a shoe. Um <laughs> Yes. National hero. Yep. So they had to like, they're like, oh, that's funny. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta keep on your guard. Frances McDormand is there. I don't have a lot to say about her in this other than she's funny. She's always, whenever Frances McDormand is playing a funny character, she's very, very funny. She's so funny. Yeah. I really, again, it's, it's almost, they're not wasted. They're not. But they're they're doing exactly what you would want to like hire amazing actors for, which is just packing all of this backstory into like maybe two scenes yeah. together, right? Mm-hmm. These these married people who I don't know, like they're lawyers and they they live on this island. You know, there's a there's a community of other people there, but they kind of just have themselves and their work probably, mm-hmm. and and just packing like these resentments and and. Yeah, it's all just very on the surface, even though they never, ever talk about it openly. And it's, it's, they're great. They're so good. To your point of seeing it through the kids' eyes, though, I didn't think of this before. Like, whenever we see them interacting, it isn't, like, not law jargon, but very, like, clipped lawyer talk. Like yeah, you would expect. sure. That's what the kid's going to see in here. Like, that's what a child is going to pick up on. Exactly, yeah. You're this never is how gonna, my parents like, are different. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're never going to, they're, you know, hopefully, never going to, like, discuss their relationship problems in front of you. But you're going to get that tone, <laughs> and you're going to get that feeling, that sense of it, you know. You're going to get your dad in uh, no shirt with an axe and a bottle of wine <laughs> saying he's going to go cut down a tree. I'm going to go find a tree to chop down. <laughs> Just, like, weird shit where you're, like... I know something is going on, but I am not yet grown up enough to understand what it is. Yep. There's a lot of, like, you, the audience, feeling that <laughs> as you watch these people. Great stuff. Great outfit from Tilda Swinton shows up in. Very much looks like uh, Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who. <laughs> it does. Social services. My, maybe my favorite, like little acting choice in the movie is Tilda Swinton when they're on the phone yeah. and she's talking about like I can't even remember what she's reacting to but she's reacting to something Bruce Willis is saying about like he didn't realize like Sam's situation mm. and she's saying well like they his foster family won't take him back so we have to he has to be remanded to the state's custody mm. and he's trying to push back on it and she just goes like like <laughs> yeah. she has this like who's this idiot I'm talking to like a just a Perfect little moment. Followed up with a with asking him a question. He goes, uh-huh. And then he goes, is that a yes? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what it okay. is. I, like, <laughs> are you, give me anything. Give me anything else. <laughs> and you know, good time to bring this up. You know I love my mixed media in movies. So sure. Wes Anderson, of course, he's got all his maps around. He loves maps. But all the split screen stuff in this is great. I love all the split screen stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's so very good. funny. Yeah. It's so stylized, but it is almost like you are, you know, you're getting told a story. There's a narrator. Mm-hmm. We know the end of the story and we and we were introduced at the beginning. So yep. everything in between, it just feels very natural to do. Yeah, it feels, like you said, cohesive. It's yeah. all joining together that way. Uh, speaking of narrators, we got Bob Balaban. One of my favorite names to say. He is <laughs> and faces to see. And he is the fit king in this to me. Yeah. He just looks so comfy and toasty. I feel like you would absolutely kill it on like a New England, like an island somewhere. Oh yeah. That's your look. Yes. You for wanna sure. wear a toque with like 
a slick, you know, you've got your sou'wester and you've got your your boots on and I like some the idea. faces and some knits and like the idea of anybody outside of Canada listening is being what the fuck is a toque? What's a sou'wester? And what? Are oh, you? we don't have those. To- okay, all right. Yeah, no, no. A toque for those international listeners is a beanie. Oh, beanie. That's right. People a, know what a toque is. Yeah, they do. Is. Come on now. But, uh, but yes, that is my natural habitat. That yes. sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> a little gray, kind of drizzling. Yep. Yeah, late. Oh, you mean the weather? No. <laughs> Are you drizzling again, Nick? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> talk about my medical history. Yeah, but I do, the thing that I couldn't, can't stop thinking of when I watch this movie, it's the second time I'm aware of that he's playing a cartographer after Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Uh, so I assume this is the same character. He's just retired to the New England coast. All right. <laughs> Hadn't made the connection, but I love it. <laughs> Bob Bellman, main character of history. Yep. <laughs> Bless. In the background of all events, major storms, alien he's, he's just, Yeah, he's the Forrest Gump of like <laughs> cinematic history. Oh, I'd watch funny. that, yeah. Um, we've also got Jason Schwartzman as cousin... Ooh, I didn't write his name. Ned? Dan? Something Dan. Like Dan, yeah. yeah. Briefly, briefly. Yeah. Yes. He's very funny in his brief pop-up. It again packing a lot into a little time. Just a very like this guy is big fish little pond. Oh yeah, he's able. He has a lot of power over children. Not in a creepy way, but he's just <laughs> like yes, I'm sentence. the top of the pyramid. You know, yeah, <laughs> not in a creepy way. Yeah, um, yeah. which I love. Yeah, it is. It feels very. Yeah, he's got that. You can tell all the kids feel like he is the biggest fish they've ever met. And he's just like, I'm cool as hell. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I will never do anything to change this. And lastly, we've got Harvey Keitel, which (laughs) I love how much his face is just in everything. And that like he's on all the stamps, his like framed pictures in the background of so many scenes. Yeah. Uh, It's great. I love it. I barely recognized him at first. I I really only know him from like his much earlier stuff. Yeah, like Tarantino stuff is about all I really know him from, mm. for the most part. Fair. Or knew him from when I saw this the first time, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, we've also got, uh, so cinematographer is Robert Yeoman. I don't always shout him out on the on the pod, but like, the style. I mean, you Come got on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Robbie. And I just like thrown out that his first major movie that he ever did was To Live and Die in L.A., which is one of my favorite oh, shit. visual looking movies. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So go and listen to our episode on <laughs> Ty and Ellen. Do, actually, and then watch it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie rules. Oh, it's so cool. And music by Alexandra Desplat. And uh, we, we got some Mark Mothersbaugh doing some percussion in there. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is regular collaborators. But the main music guy in here is Benjamin Britten, <laughs> which if this is your only encounter with Benjamin Britten, know that as former musicians, uh, well, I'm not going to speak for you. I hate him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a love-hate situation. His music is so great, and it sounds so good, it is the hardest and least satisfying thing to play. Just gonna yeah. say that, I'm gonna leave it at that and not go on a crazy rant. <laughs> yeah, the I think the recording that they have of the, the main piece that sort of is the through-line, yeah, the young the, person's guide to the orchestra. Yeah. Which again is a very cute, like, here's how a kid interprets the orchestra. Yes. Here's how a kid sees this, like, very complex. You One know, of the piece. hardest things for any orchestra to play. Yeah. Which sucks. Like, it's it's on the level of they will put it on auditions for major symphony orchestras, and if you fuck it up even a little, you're cut. Yeah. Like, level of difficulty. And I think it's the New York Bernstein recording that they have. Yeah, that sounds right. And he takes it so fast. 
I don't understand how everyone attack. consistently, like the New York Phil loves Leonard Bernstein, yep. but he tortures them. I don't understand <laughs> this relationship. It's not healthy. Anyway, it's fine. Past tense, I suppose, but. To better understand this relationship, go watch West Side Story and listen to our episode on West Side Story. <laughs> Really, I'm beginning to feel like you're getting paid by us. I somehow know it, to... it's so second nature now. It's bizarre. Gross. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but it's a, a again, just like a lovely. It's twee in mm. the way where like we're drawing back the curtain. Like here's a setup presentation, and you're yeah. like sat down as an you. You're never not an audience member looking mm. at a presentation of something for this movie and this piece of music, but it's very engaging and you kind of like get sucked into it. Yeah. And I mean, it might surprise you to learn that the man whose last name is Britain is a British person. <laughs> he is of English descent yes. and yeah, it fits like, right in with the new England vibe going yes, on. It feels 100%. like such a perfect little packaging. A little neoclassical. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love realism in movies. I love neo-realism in movies. But every once in a while, it is really great to watch a movie that reminds you, like, hey, dummy, you're watching a movie. Yeah. Check out all these tricks. <laughs> Look at what a movie can do. Yeah. Yes, totally. Okay, this is this is my beef with the people who are like, there's no substance to, like, first of all, who care? Second of all, there is. It's yes, just not, you're like, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, okay, it's not heart-rending, in the, or it's not, yeah. like, gritty, or... That it is subjective, still... so it's sure. but it is it is that kind of thing. My where like, take, is yeah, that, yeah. You can't discount somebody else's uh, interpretation. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. My my take is that there the substance is look how cool movies can look. Yeah. What's wrong with that? That's substance. Check out these colors. Yeah. Check fuck. them out. <laughs> okay. Well, let me dial it back a little. <laughs> Speaking of colors, I just wanted to shout out. Um, green. I... No. <laughs> I don't like green. I'm jealous of it. <gasps> Ironic. Yep. You, okay. <laughs> you couldn't hear her rolling her eyes at me. But, uh, I like, um, you know, I went through some old reviews and it's just a lot of what you'd expect. The, the thing that's interesting about this movie, it's, you know, 10 years old now or something. You go back and look at the reviews and everyone's just like, yep, that's a Wes Anderson movie. Great stuff. Or if you don't like Wes Anderson movie, bad stuff. Uh, and that's <laughs> Either about, good or bad stuff. Yeah. That's about the like critical reception on it. And, you know, okay. varies a little bit. But the one thing that I really liked is Roger Ebert, uh, like purposefully pointed out that Wes Anderson movies are very stylistic, yes, we know. But there's something about this one that's different. And something about the color uh, adjustments of, like, the greens are really pronounced in the grass, mm. the khaki and the khaki uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, like, the way that red is treated, it specifically, like, outlines magical realism feeling. Ooh, okay. And, like, I'm too dumb to know what that means exactly. But I know I have that feeling watching this where it does feel like, oh, I don't know if this is supposed to be real or not. Mm, and it right. feels all heightened either by the kid's imagination or something, something, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could definitely see this as a, like, it, it's not, I, I, this is actually what I like about it. It is, it's not the kids looking back at this one summer mm. that they had. Yeah. They're experiencing it in the moment. And yeah, it's, you know, you are just, your emotions are so heightened and like everything is so important and crazy and, and you know, when you're that age and yeah. it doesn't keep it at arm's length. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking of movies that take like the experiences of children really seriously yeah. without kind of looking at them from a distance. This is an excellent movie for just being like, yeah, this is what it feels like to be 12. Mm. And yeah, your thing isn't the end of the world if you want to look at it 
objectively, but subjectively, it absolutely is. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's such a great. I I can totally and you know it's like 1965 and yeah. like that that idea of this like this is what you would these are the colors that you would get out of orange like a film is very photo in. of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> very in, very now, orange and green. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. I there's something about um, in particular like I don't know if you dug up anything about like the color processing no it? i this is yeah. one of those things like i can read about it but none of it it'll none just bounce it off my brain <laughs> i'm um, like good for you yeah guys. but i do like what you said about it it takes the the idea of being a child seriously because it somehow does the magic trick of that where it is played for actual full-on stakes that are dramatic yeah and you feel for those characters but also still poking fun of them a little bit um like just the way the word choices come through it's clear that everyone's trying to not even act older than they are, but they think of themselves as older than they are. For sure, yeah. And therein lies the comedy of it, not to become little man with a magnifying glass trying to be like, I found the comedy. Um, <laughs> That's how you know it's funny. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. When you have to really do the work. Really dig in. <laughs> but that juxtaposition, it can still be good dramatic stakes, good dramatic plot, good dramatic character yeah. Motivations Satisfying characters. And yeah. still be funny to laugh at. Yes, true. <laughs> I can still point and laugh at these children. <laughs> Seems mean, but all right. <laughs> but as discussed earlier, all Wes Anderson movies are very mean. Yeah, are pretty mean on, on when you really get into it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't know. Uh, looking back when I was like 12 and 13, like I thought of myself as much older, you know? Not, not in a like, I'm so mature, but just... <laughs> when you think of a 12 year old you're like that's a kid but as a 12 year old you're like i'm a person yeah i am a person and i have feelings and opinions and you know slights i have grudges <laughs> and things like and dreams and whatever yeah and i think it, it treats that part seriously where like being a person is inherently ridiculous it's and just is... they're short that's really it and that's... they're coming into their personhood like this yeah. is that's the age you're starting to like like the to to kind of pivot a little bit all the very clear sexual awakening stuff happening in this movie. Sure. Which I expected to like, oh, I'm going to dig in and find like the Catholic Legion of Decency to see what they thought. <laughs> like all these things. And surprisingly, everyone was cool with it. Yeah, it's not, it's not treated as like something to leer at by no, any means. It is yeah. just pure experimentation and like we're learning things about ourselves and what we want. And like there's a, I like in their little uh, beach scenes where it's Susie being like, you can touch my chest. Like, it's not the dude being like, I'm going to go for it. And more, they're having a dialogue about it. Yeah, for sure. It's so, like, that in particular, they're in this little inlet, this bay, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, it's, you know, not to overuse a phrase, but it is literally a safe space where Mm -hmm. they trust each other and there's no, like, outside influence compelling them to do or not do certain things they're just like this we're relating as people and like teenagers would like to make out like that's you know <laughs> so they do it's it's a really like it chased isn't even really the right word it's just mm. like a very respectful hmm. yeah thing i i find yeah yeah i like that that's good i which leads me into who do you think as a child i'm just curious were you uh were you a sam or a Susie? Who, where Ooh, would you fall? I feel like I'd be a Sam. I'm nowhere near as, like, I was not as bold as Susie. <laughs> I wouldn't have, like, talked back to my parents. My parents don't correct me on this. I re- <laughs> I'm not interested in hearing your side of it. <laughs> um, yeah. You've come into your Susie hood now. Yeah, now I'm Susie. No, I'm, I'm definitely Sam where I'm, like, 
you know, when they're taking an inventory of the stuff they brought oh, yeah. and he's like, I, you know, brought this. I was the kid who walked around with like an interesting rock and <laughs> a pair of nail clippers. And I remember like doing gym class in the fifth grade and just like emptying out my pockets to do laps or whatever because they were just full of like stuff I thought might be useful, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm a Sam okay. for sure. Not cool. good at confrontation. Mm-hmm. Assume the best of everybody, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my foster family loves me. And my, my, they're like, do not come back here. <laughs> Misread that relationship. Yes, big yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I think I'm a Sam too, just in terms of, mm-hmm. I would be the guy that's like, yeah, we got to sit down and take inventory. Yeah, we got to like, <laughs> yeah. this is how you do this right. Uh, yeah. This is, be careful of the turtles. They'll bite you if you put your hand in their mouth. <laughs> Yes. I am also a Susie, though, in that I would definitely bring something super impractical, mm. like a suitcase full of library books. Like, yeah. 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 I do yeah. love books, though. Well, I guess what we're learning right now is we all have a bit of a Sam and Susie in us. That's so true. The yin and yang, the Sam and Susie. <laughs> as, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that it's not one or the other. It's not Sam's movie. It's not Susie's yeah, movie. Yeah, I love it. It's very that. equitable. Yeah. They're just, yeah. Can I uh, bring it back to the Britain for like a hot second? Please do. Yeah. The thing about the Britain is there is a much older composer's tune yes. in there, it's uh, Henry, Henry Purcell. Purcell. Yeah. Um, I'm getting to it. I, I have a music degree too. I was guessing. I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, you're probably. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And the Britain piece is built on top of and out of that theme. So what it starts with is the Purcell theme, this very old English, like, you know, you might hear it in a church type of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, put that aside. Then they do, they break the Britain down into parts and play the whole Britain. And then they come together at the end. And I think that's just such a, like, by the time we hear that final, like the the last, you know, three minutes Mm -hmm. at fucking breakneck speed of the Britain, (laughs) Sam has a family. Yeah. And Sam and Susie are, like, seeing each other consistently and, like, things have become stable and have like come together and are solid now. Yeah, that's and I, really nice. I, I love that about that particular, I mean, you know, uh, being who I am, I'm always going to be like, the music means so much to the movie, <laughs> but I really think it does in this instance. It's like a, a very clear indicator of like these two things that sound, you know, are very distinctive on their own, fit so well together and it's such a like joyful thing to listen to. New and old, generational stuff in there. there and you I, yeah, you're starting out where you've got these two whole things, the Purcell theme and the Britain music, and then it breaks down, much like our uh, protagonist yes. childs start in their units, and then yeah. they cohese at the end. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, a very, like, little movie in miniature <laughs> from that piece, which I love. Yeah, I hate that piece so much. <laughs> you just, your brow is furrowing constantly whenever I mention it. It's so hard. It's too and hard. it's so stupid. There's no, it's not satisfying to play. You are right. It does sound good, though. I don't actually uh, hate it. I hate the experiencing of playing it. <laughs> I wish it didn't exist, but otherwise I love yeah. it. So let's uh, pivot off the music then uh, before I steam shoots out me ears. <laughs> Um, the thing, one thing that I like about this that I feel like rounds it out a lot is that it's mo- a lot of the specifics are based on Anderson's life. Oh, really? Um, so the, the really relatable part of it, I got a quote on young romance here. Okay. Uh, quote, I remember this feeling from when I was that age and from when I was in fifth grade, but nothing really happened. I just experienced the period of dreaming about what might have happened when I was that age. I feel like the movie could really be something that was envisioned by one of these characters. So mm. he was being asked about like, you know, it's got your style and all that. How, how literal is this movie? He's like, this could be read literally 
or the way that he experiences it is it is remembering a memory and the narrator is kind of like okay. you the person that's telling yourself about it again sure that kind of thing he's like both are great whatever you want but this is how he came to writing it I yeah guess it's that yeah. must be an infuriating question to get it's like i don't know you're an adult <laughs> yeah experience it the way you want <laughs> uh the um finding coping with a troubled child book happened to him oh no yeah. really but okay. he didn't react dramatically to it he's just like oh that's about me okay do, 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 do. Oh, but i'm troubled I guess as an adult, you can see that and be like, that would uh, make someone flip out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he also acted in uh, Noah's Flood, the Britain oh, play nice. that's happening throughout. Yeah. He played an otter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the otters don't have to factor in to the boat part. Am mm, I? That's a good point. What actually. are we? <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> all the sea is that why there's just like bullshit in the ocean just the deeper you go the worse it gets because they never got wiped out according to <laughs> yeah i guess just so. saying yeah okay That's we need cute, a though. we need an opposite of a noah's flood uh hoan's drought <laughs> hoan's hey on hey on hey on's drought <laughs> call it oh boy uh anyway the um to double back Kind of all over the place today, but whatever. The review stuff. The only thing I found on the Young Love Awakening and all that, uh, there were a few people like, it's simply disgusting. Oh my God. Uh, But the people that would be the most upset, the Catholic News Service, which is National News Service for Catholics in the US, I think. No, that existed. All right. Uh, Quote, the interlude doesn't quite cross over into full-blown exploitation of children, but it teeters on that edge. Oh, come on. So even they were like, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) But it couldn't have been. Yeah. It might have been worse. Like, okay. And? (laughs) You know if the Catholics are cool with it that, well, no, that's not a good. Anyway, let's get off this topic. Not with children. No, 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 no. Publicly. Publicly. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. In print. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that's That's all my thoughts on... Uh, Wes Anderson stuff. Did you want to highlight anything yeah. else before we move on to our like big takeaways from the movie? I mean, I I think we've we've gotten there with most of it. It really is just like an a, a really interesting way of present. Like all of his movies do feel whimsical in that way. Yeah. Some of them are dark or about you know dark stuff, but there is that you you can argue that they're all detached in that way they all yeah. sort of look at you know little dollhouse and play with characters type of thing yeah but this has more of a storybook thing to it where you are you are experiencing things along with the characters it's not as much arm's length yeah i find and yeah i just find it so like all of the characters all of the kid characters in particular are so like awesome and charming or funny or yeah. like relatable even and the small parts of when they're in the treehouse and they're going over like we have to help him. Yeah. They're like the one kid that shouts, "Damn us!" Yeah. is so Turns funny around, to me. Damn us! <laughs> We're acting like big jerks, and it's this big rousing like World War Two <gasps> speech. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is we're gonna bust Charlie out. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I love it a lot. Um, yeah, and I just it's it's rare to find a movie that does that, and I feel like it just Wes Anderson's style works perfectly for this, where it's mm. like, yes, it looks whimsical. But it is very serious underneath. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that you fall into, I know I do, you fall into the 
just going back to the discourse, you you fall into the middle. You're not somebody who's like, Wes Anderson's style is cool and I will like everything he does. Uh, or there's the other side of, Wes Anderson's style is bad and it makes everything bad that he does. You're <laughs> hanging with me in the middle where you're like, sometimes it's good, sometimes I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really either I don't mind or I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like at the very least, the cohesiveness of it is impressive you know what i mean where you're like that is a craft and you're executing your craft very well sometimes it doesn't rouse me emotionally but who cares yeah i can still appreciate that yeah yeah i can still appreciate the craft because that's like for for me french dispatch was that of like yeah yeah this was cool to watch (laughs) i really enjoyed watching it i can't remember a single thing about it but it's fine it was still just like that was very interesting to see how you would put all that together like mm, that yeah it works it's one of those like i respect it more than i actively enjoy it you know sure yeah. at worst you respect it yeah. yeah yeah no i i like it very much i think it's the perfect like ah this is the perfect project for that style yeah um yeah it's certainly my favorite western anderson movie yeah it might be mine too grand budapest is very good yes it's really up there but gotta revisit that one yeah yeah Thank you yeah yeah Ray Fiennes, all <laughs> over the news. Yes, he is. Yeah, always yeah. good. Yeah, this is, I think, a very good, like, look at this, what could be, you know, these troubled children <laughs> coming from broken homes, you know, to what whatever degree, <laughs> finding each other mm. and, like, is that good? Is it, it just is what it is for those two kids yep. in that moment. And the style just being a perfect way to represent that. Yeah. Um, the vibes on this movie, immaculate. I love just, it. Yeah. yeah. There's something about, man, the, the scene where Sam sneaks off and accidentally wanders into the dressing room where Susie is like dressing up as a raven. Yeah. What kind Very, of bird are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, the when he goes outside like he leaves the church and i don't know there's something about the atmosphere there where it's like not quite dusk and you can Mm. almost like feel how hot the day was and now it's cooling off because the sun is setting all the kids are sort of lining up outside to make their entrance onto the stage right yeah and just the the quality of sound out there Mm. i don't know this might be like specifically a if you've been if you've had like an early evening on the prairies type of thing, <laughs> such a mood and just like created so perfectly. Um, yeah. It's funny you say prairies because that specifically reminds me of times going camping in where we record this podcast, which is much more swamp territory. Right. Um, where Swampy. it's like you can feel the crackling of the humidity yeah. kind of letting uh, out. Sure. Yeah. A little bit, which isn't, it's still not the same as their ecosystem that they got down there but no but it's yeah yeah it just feels like this weird thing where like yeah you can take the specifics of that place but it feels like you you can apply it to and again that's a childhood memory for me yes where it's just oh yeah i know that feeling very well yeah so i mean i don't know how he does it but it is it feels like oh i had that memory that's my memory Mm. no not at all (laughs) why would that be the case but it feels like it is you should you should tag Jared Gilman on Twitter and just be like, I had your memories. Let's just see where that goes. Uh, blocked. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, I would love to, This that might have been it, but I would love to hear your final thoughts and your takeaway from this movie. If, if Oh, that, that was, yeah, that sorry. Was that was me rambling into saying them, which just oh, like good. great vibes about a very like hard to nail vibes, but they nailed yes. them. Yeah. So my, my final thoughts are kind of the same, but it's specifically about and you put it really good when you're like, it really respects 
the viewpoint of the kids. Hmm. Like this is, uh, it's got all the tropes. It's a coming of age film. It's an adventure <laughs> film. You got like the metaphor for the loss of naivety <laughs> of right. getting your ears pierced and standing up to the bully. Like every possible trope is happening yep. all the time. Um, but the thing that sets it apart for me is that, is that we're respecting the kids we're the kid respecters and we're logging on you heard it here first <laughs> but that they all act like adults and it's not mm. purely for comedy it is funny because of juxtaposition but it's that's how these characters see themselves yeah it's not cringe it's just yeah yeah like yeah, the damas the uh susie reading to sam while he smokes his pipe like they're what do you think is in that pipe i'm i'm baffled he's smoking this is the 60s people were smoking oh my god yeah. you think it's actually like tobacco oh yeah big time where did he get it his corn he probably pipe? got given it by somebody like uh, they, a well-meaning foster parent probably this kid has smoking a pipe having beers this oh is the coolest god. kid in the universe <laughs> this kid rules oh boy okay so that's the thing that makes me come back to this movie versus uh another coming of agey type thing mm, like i sure. know i've seen stand by me it no part of it is in my brain ever uh <laughs> it doesn't work for me because it is i don't know it, it, it's not bad but that's just the first example i thought of it, sure. it, but where it's like here are the kids as kids and there is still this framing device of like i remember when i was young mm. but this is like i remember when i was young and this is how it actively felt at that time versus yeah. looking back on it and being like and it felt different because i was young yeah you're not looking back on it you're actively rewinding the clock to like okay let's stop when i was 12 years old yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so that's what i, I like about it nice those dang kids they say the darndest things, such as damn us. Damn us. <laughs> so let's uh, double bill this bad boy. Let's go. Do it. Oh, all right. <laughs> Starting gun. Okay, well, I'll go first. Yes, please do. I would like to double bill this with another incredibly vibes-based, famous for its cinematography uh, movie about two unwell children okay. arguably who who run away together and just like you know you shouldn't be encouraging it but it is very compelling and you're like but i do want them to succeed so i'm i'm positing this as like the wes anderson one because it is very funny and it's like charming and playful um it, it's i'm taking it as the lighter fare not yeah. trashy just like more fun, more, you know, entertaining yeah, yeah. To, to watch, um, despite its some somewhat heavy themes. This one is like, if you think about it for a second, it's very heavy themes, <laughs> in part because it's based on a real thing. Mm. I'm going to pair this with Badlands yeah. by Terrence Malick. Yeah. Nice. Um, I think that's our yeah. first Malick that's come up on the podcast. Really? I think so. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> um, I think this was like his second movie or something. Something like that. Yeah. Or he was still in film school when he made it or something Something wild. Wild shit. But um, yeah. it's I, I've got to like, the movie is from 1973. The it's set in 1959, so I'm kind of splitting the difference. I'm like, it takes place in the mid 60s, sure, why not? <laughs> um, but it's based on a real uh killing spree mm -hmm. about a guy who met a 14 year old, and I think he was like 19 at the time, yeah, very like Romeo and Juliet E. And he was like not well, and she was very impressionable, and so they murdered her parents and a bunch of other people and just like went to you know, went on the lamb, I yep. guess. Um, yeah, and so it's uh 
Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek as yeah, these two. Both so good. They're both amazing. <laughs> like couldn't couldn't have nailed that casting any harder. They're both very like, you know, in the flashbacks in the movie we're doing today. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel pieces of my brain just flaking off. <laughs> um the the flashbacks for Sam and Susie as they write to each other. Oh, you yeah. can see like, oh, these kids are like They're enabling each other so much. Oh, so much, yeah. yeah. Because they're like, it's not fair and it does sound like they're treating you not fairly, but what you're actually seeing and what is happening is like they're lighting fire to things and they're attacking their classmates and like they need, you know, they need support and yeah. love and they find it with each other, which is fine, but like Will Smith's parents just don't understand is playing underneath. <laughs> It's really weird. It's anachronistic. It's the only stylistic choice I hated. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but this, this is, you know, if you dial that up, if like, if they never found each other, you know, if uh, yeah. it's it's Kit and what is her oh, name? Holly. Kit yeah. and Holly. If they never, if they didn't find each other in time and just like, mm. com- like got more and more alienated, this is, I think, how they would end up, you know? <laughs> if they never found like a stable and supportive presence in each other, they just become like uh, unhinged murderers. <laughs> but they still have that like need to be perceived and yeah. loved. And it's just that they have no healthy coping mechanisms whatsoever. They're yeah. completely alienated from the rest of society. And it's just this miracle that they find each other <laughs> yeah, too n- late, arguably, but nobody is giving them the validation that they're a person. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, you know, the seventies are just becoming increasingly like, you know, I don't know. The seventies in America are weird. So, weird it's, yeah. <laughs> so this this movie to be like, let's escape into this like golden hued, you know, the 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 Badlands. Yeah. The, the Dakotas. Like this this mm. is the American dream is we've found love and we're making it on our own and like that's all they really wanted, but to get there they had to leave this like trail of bodies, you know? And just taking this very relatable thing. All, all movies about coming of age are this to some extent, right? Yeah. Like recognize me as a person, please. Yeah. And Sam and Susie are at the stage where they're like they're they're ask, they're lashing out they're asking for help or you know mm-hmm. and they find each other through that and that's great. Kit and Holly Kinda. did not get yeah they didn't there was no interception in time and so now they're like this but they still want the same things yeah. right? and they're still it's very like you're presenting a memory of something there is narration in Badlands as yeah well. and every scene of that looks like a flashback yes almost oh incredible yeah. looking movie yeah. and I kind of like that's all I really knew about it for a while and I was like okay this will be like movie homework in the sense of like <laughs> okay it's important like historically or whatever um Historically, everyone born, you know, before me just crumbled into dust. This movie from the 70s. Historical <laughs> importance. But it's really, like, it's it flies by. It's such a, an engaging movie. And yeah. you really, like, you know you shouldn't root for them, but you do. Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. Just rooting so hard for these kids that are, like, they finally found each other and you're so happy for them for that alone. Yeah, know? and then as things happen, society forces them apart. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great comp. I don't know. I had that was not on my radar at all. Oh, was... I really thought maybe you would have picked this one as well. No, but that, that's such a great combination. It's just like the same story, slightly different time, slightly different setting. Yeah, but uh, yeah, barely different time and setting. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's got that that same, like, on an island, you're kind of isolated. Out in the Dakotas, you're extremely isolated. <laughs> like, there's no one around. It's It's got that same feeling of, like, well, who's going to stop us, you know? Oh, my God. No, we're fine. Yep. Um, yeah, and just crisp vibes, mm. great to look at. It yes. really makes you nostalgic for something you never experienced. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, highly recommend. It and feels sepia-toned without yeah. being sepia-toned. <laughs> it's not, but it should be. <laughs> Looks like you're looking at a Kodachrome. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Nice. And I'm going to call it uh, Kids These Days. <laughs> kids Those Days? Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> kids Them Days. What about you? Well, me, I really was honing in on kind of the same idea, but like the world that the kids see versus how they're fitting into society. So like, I like yours and I forgot that the, this is like, oh yeah, Valentine's Day episode. I should have done something that was like vaguely. It's about love. <laughs> nope. No. All I right. missed it. Hard, so I'm glad pass. that uh, three out of four, I've got, I've three, two out of three movies we're talking about today are love based. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so kids acting like they're moving through the world as adults mm. and like in a convincing way where it's not like I'm trying to act older but more like this is how I see myself there was only one real choice oh what could it be it's of course Brick from 2005 oh! <laughs> nice 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 which is Ryan Johnson's debut with debut. Uh, starring Jogo Mr. Uh, oh god I forget his actual name Joseph Gordon-Levitt that's the one <laughs> It doesn't have all of his name in in the abbreviation. Yeah. It's very confusing. Jogo. Jogo. <laughs> That's a real Star Trek hmm. Star Wars name. Um, if you don't know Brick, uh, Jogo plays a loner teenager who's pushing his way through the underworld crimes syndicates of his high school. Of high school. To investigate the disappearance of his ex-girlfriend. But it's like teen noir yeah everybody acts like a hard-boiled noir person this isn't euphoria they are clearly like teens yeah who aren't cool not at all yeah like it's so recognizable as an adult but you can see how seriously they're all taking each other you can kind of see you're like oh you watched a lot of these kinds of movies mm. growing up you read a lot of these kinds of books that's why you talk that way that's why it's it's an imitation of but everybody's so affected to the point that you're like, oh, it's the world that's affected. It's not the characters that mm, are affected, which sure. I feel like is the same thing in Moonrise Kingdom where it's like the world is set up and this is the only way it makes sense for you to interact with it. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of where the similarities end. There is like a doomed love story in Brick kind of that you know from the outset, so that's not really any spoilers. Um, True. There's well, a lot it's got of, that, like, here's how it ended. Let's oh, see what true. led up to it. Yeah. A lot of on-the-runny type kind of things. Lots yeah. of factions involved. So it's not, it by no means is the same type of movie, but I feel like they have the same construction. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd, I'd argue it's it's the same type of movie in the sense that it is this, like, one or two, you know, characters kind of just bouncing off the sides of, like, various, like mm. you say, factions or, like, parts of a kid's life like yeah parents teachers friends enemies you know jogo sam and Susie are all loners that are so outside of everybody's experience and everybody hates them yeah like, it's <laughs> Very not good. hidden yeah <laughs> um, you're supposed to get that yeah yeah and once in a while it gets played for laughs where like there's a moment where jogo is sitting down with a drug dealer and then they're in like the mother's kitchen and she's getting the milk and cookies yeah. and it's they're having like the most hard-boiled discussion and she's like they're chocolate chip yeah. <laughs> she's like oh god oh, jesus so same deal where it's taken so seriously that 
it's not being a parody of itself, but it's just the juxtaposition that works for me so good. And these are yeah. the only movies I can really think of that do that. So, dear garbage people listeners, I'm <laughs> you can't I can't call you all that. Um, if there's other movies that do this, this is a thing that I'm learning. I think is great, and I'm a big fan of it. So send it my way. There you go. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know what to call it though. So uh, bricked some kids. That's oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> God. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's no good. Um, yeah. Well, guys bricked him. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's just, I feel like it's taking, Moonrise Kingdom is taking the genre, or the adventure genre, the coming of age genre, and then being Road like, trip. this is how it's different. And this is taking a neo-noir and being like, I'm setting it apart by making it about kids. Mm, sure. Um, yeah. I just like that. That kind of construction is just... So rarely a little twist coming about. And uh, if I have to put labels on it again, I'm going to say Moonrise Kingdom is like the commercial one that everybody's like, wow. Wes the Anderson, digestible one, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas Brick was very much an independent thing. And like mm-hmm. you got Noah Sagan. Uh, I don't remember oh, what's yeah. his name. He's in there because it was just like hanging out with Ryan Johnson's buddies Ryan, yeah. putting it together. And Jogo was just kind of a buddy of his that happened to be an actor. And yeah, sure. it's great. So like check out Brick if you haven't. Add it to your November playlist. <laughs> Get ready right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I love the idea, too, that all noirs are secretly, like, twisted Valentine's Day movies, too. <laughs> they like do little, work They're like often, that. yeah. Yep, yep. Setting up what might be <laughs> our like... next Valentine's Day episode. Question mark? You look like you forget what we talked about. Sure did. This will be <laughs> exciting for me. <laughs> I told you, pieces of my brain are just coming off. Well, that's for another time to discover. <laughs> Not now. Next time, in fact. Yeah, I think that will do us for this here episode. You can uh, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Some of them make it very difficult to leave a review. So if you do, <laughs> we really appreciate it. We appreciate it. you so much. <laughs> so much. I can't figure out how to do it, so I can't have it. Um, we are at GartPitchPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are somewhat active there, making a comeback after doing nothing for a month. Need a break. Yep. Uh, I'm at Dick R. Navis on Twitter. Aaron, you are at... Macklebase. Yeah. M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. Hell yeah. Join us next time for another pile of garbage. Garbage.